Coming up on today's show, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff's happening. Stuff. Stuff, yeah. everybody. Coming up on today's show, Respawn Entertainment is working on a new IP, Outriders has been delayed, and I got a look at Hitman 3. And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am one of your hosts, Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. <coughs> Hello. <laughs> I love it. Welcome back, ladies. Happy 2021. Thank God. It feels the same. It does. I mean, sure it really does. does. <laughs> It's been a whole six days since 2021 has kicked off, and already chaos is happening. It's really wild because while we are obviously going to be talking about some video game news today, this week in the United States, some really terrible, awful things have been going down in our capital, Washington, D.C., during the process of certifying the Electoral College vote in advance of the presidential inauguration. So we want to let you guys know that we're obviously aware of all this is that that's been going on. It's weighing on our minds as it's weighing on yours. Um, as of recording the show, by the time the show posts, we don't know where things are going to be 48 hours from now. Um, but we are here to focus on video games. And obviously we don't really have much to say other than the rioters at the Capitol were really bad doing bad stuff behaving really poorly and all in all can't wait to see the president leave office that's all i'm gonna say about that (laughs) anywho (laughs) we hope that uh residents of dc are staying safe and that people who are being forced to work in the capital are also staying safe and we hope you are staying safe. COVID-19 is rampant here Still all across Still the United States. Still hanging out. <laughs> I don't know if I was worse. <laughs> worse than ever. Like it's, it's wild to think Especially that we got to the end California. of the year. It's real bad here. They literally said leaving your home can be considered a high risk activity. Oh my God. Oops. Steimer. You <laughs> I'll just live here now. You're taking the risk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the good thing for people at home to remember is that Simer has been my quarantine buddy uh, since the very, very beginning. And you don't interact with anybody else on your way up here. You get to your parking garage, you get in your car, you drive up Correct. here, you see us. Yeah. And then you just do it in reverse to get home. It's not like you're taking the bus or an Uber or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, of course, we, we are always mindful about taking precautions and want to make sure everybody on our team is safe. And because of this, we haven't seen Brittany since February of 2020. Brittany, it's almost been a whole calendar year. Oh, my God. It is going to be a year. Oh. I'm sad about this, Brittany. I, yeah. You know, I feel like yeah. you and I, like since we met and act- the first time we met, I don't think we've ever gone that long without seeing each other. No, I want to smell you. It's been so long since I've smelled you. 
<laughs> you smell so good, Simon, all the time. <laughs> what if I like just okay? This is gonna be your belated Christmas present. I'll spray a pillow with like my perfume, and I'll just roll around on it a little bit. <laughs> And then I'll mail it to you. Okay. Oh, that's cute. And oh, weird at the same time. Can I leave my new therapy pillow? My therapy pillow? I'll take yeah, it. It like the, arrives in the mail and Brittany Steimer. just like stands there huffing it. She's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this idea. I, I kind of do too. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. And I'm not selling it. So don't even ask you creeps. No, better not. No, no. I'd be heartbroken. It's for my nostrils it. only. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, Brittany, how was your break? How was, you know, staying at home with the fam? I loved all the photos you posted of Reb. Uh, it was good. It was really nice to take a break and just chill and sleep in and stay in my pajamas and fester and not have any major obligations to go see or do anything. I think it's something that we've all been kind of needing since 2020 started. Um, but I will say, like like we were talking about, I was a little nervous about recording tonight because, like I said, before we started recording, I was worried I'd have the personality of a wet, flaccid noodle. But I will say talking to you two and seeing you two has really boosted my spirits. So I am happy Aww. that we're doing this tonight. It's good. Heart you. Love you. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad that we're doing it, too. And I know that... We need to allow people the space to say, hey, I have more important things to do. But we also want to allow people the space to say, hey, I can't do this right now. My anxiety is too high. My stress is too high. I need the escapism of the things that I love, whether that be your favorite book, your favorite movie, your favorite video game. And we've always said here at What's Good Games that, you know, we want to be an escape for people that are dealing with really tough stuff in their life. And that's definitely not changing, not changing right now, not changing anytime. But when things get serious that we need to address, we will. But I think everything that's happening in the Capitol today is not worth addressing because it's all buffoonery. Buffoonery. Quite honestly. <laughs> Amen. I like that. Yes. It is. The people that were rioting at the Capitol were all behaving very badly. And our government elected officials should be ashamed of themselves. Hmm. Honestly, everybody involved in that should be ashamed of themselves. (sighs) What is wrong with you? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some games. Before we get into that, of course, we have a lot of thank yous for people that have been joining the Patreon and reviewing the podcast in the couple of weeks that we have been on vacation. So thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Californicated, Justin Foshi, Punctified, Ferris, Atia, Mohammed, Mohammed, Marcus Brown, and Alex Rogopoulos for supporting everything that we do in 2020 now into 2021. And welcome to our Patreon community, Nick Believe It, Skylar Forsland, Marcy, Brian Romano, Kate Ryder, Esteban Rivera, Bex Rainsberger, Alex Ma, Nick24, Doc Trancy, Rosen Toshkov, Tom, Naomi Bryan, Daquan Bynum, Jera, Angelique Escano, and a special shout out to everyone who upped their pledge in the wake of our new tier modifications. We know that Some of you had some concerns and some questions, and we're going to be talking about that new merch tier in just a second. And we want to thank everybody who upped their pledge, knowing that we are going to be sunsetting that lowest tier. And we're hopefully going to be introducing some new cool stuff. Um, Brittany, you re-mentioned on our social media accounts what the new things are. But for people who may have missed it, who are like, wait, what? Did something happen with the Patreon? Ah, shit. Yeah, exciting stuff. So our $10 legendary tier for the longest time was this after-hour stream where we would play games 
games. And it was a really fun time. But based off of the feedback that we got from our community, we wanted to do something that maybe skewed a little bit more to their interests, which we found out was something short form, something audio. So we are replacing the After Hours stream with a new exclusive podcast to Patreon. And it's probably not going to be a lot about video games. I think we actually are going to make a conscious effort to talk about other things in our life that we're excited about that's outside the medium of gaming. So it could be a TV show, it could be a book, it could be a movie. And this is going to be something that we're going to be live streaming after our monthly uh, happy hour Q&A live stream. So if you, can, if you can watch it live, you're more than welcome to. But if you can't, don't worry, we will be publishing an audio only file to our Patreon RSS feed. And it will be fun. That means I got to do something besides play games. Like watch Yeah, I was about to say, you got to expand your interests, Brittany. I know. I have I have been watching a really interesting show actually called oh. Alice in Borderland. And that's going to be like what I'm going to talk about. Mm. Mm. Nice. Interesting. Uh, we also changed our... Leg- oh, divine. Mythic? Divine. Is it the mythic tier? Divine, divine. tier. The divine tier, uh, which is now... We used to do uh, an autograph custom Polaroid every month, and now we are doing merch. So uh, as Brittany mentioned with the survey results, one of the most requested things that we got from those results and that we've heard from you guys consistently over the years is we want fun custom merch in the Patreon. And it's been something that's been really challenging for us and will continue to be challenging, quite frankly, um, because doing merch, particularly in COVID times, is tough. So we are excited, though, to offer an exclusive piece of merchandise in the Divine Membership tier every month that will ship in the following month that you pledge. We do have to restrict it to the continental United States at the moment, and that is mostly due to COVID regulations and custom restrictions because of the pandemic. Um, We also need to figure out a way to address the shipping costs when shipping internationally, and that's something that we're just not able to handle at the moment. So we apologize to everybody who wants to be part of the merch tier but can't because of shipping restrictions. Hopefully we can figure out a solution in the future and uh, we appreciate the, your, your support in our other membership tiers. For people who are in this tier, we are excited to announce that the first month of merch is going to be the <laughs> Defenders of Video Game City custom coffee mug. That's us. That's us. us. So this is a fun design that we rolled out last year. You guys may remember during our anniversary month, we had custom pins that we sold that were supposed to be sold at PAX East. And unfortunately, we did not get them because of shipping delays. And we sold them to you guys and shipped them to you. And we've been wanting to use this awesome design from Matt. Um, Shout out to Matt A Plays. in something else. And so we are thinking about adding it to the merch store at some point, but we thought, oh, a coffee mug would be fun. It's winter here in North America. Who doesn't like a good hot cocoa, a tea, a hot toddy, a coffee, whatever you want to put in there, whiskey, Mm, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your choice. It's up to you. Yeah, exactly. So we're excited to be rolling that out and those will be shipping sometime in early February. (laughs) You know, (laughs) manufacturer willing, fingers crossed. Um, But we are hoping to add um, apparel and we have some other really fun ideas um, for merch. And uh, we hope that you guys will join us. If you want more details on those new modifications, of course, patreon.com slash what's good games. And while we were away, Brittany, we got some pretty awesome five star podcast reviews. We do. Thank you to uh, four, seven, three, eight, three, seven, nine, four. 
Chameleon, Electris 1544, Rocktans, and this awesome quote from Rick F944, which I think should be our new tagline. Is there a better podcast out there? Probably, but this is the one you should listen to anyway. I like it. That is a good tagline. Because there's definitely better podcasts, but like you should still listen to us. Yeah. Because we I don't know. Because, 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 because. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just just join us. Just join us here at What's Good Game. Just because. Uh, thank you to everybody who takes the time to leave us a review. We know that financially supporting the show is not possible, but one way you can absolutely support us is with a little bit of your time by leaving us a five star podcast review. We say that it helps every weekend. We really want to drive it home that it helps us so much when you guys leave those reviews. So keep them coming if you haven't left one yet and you want to take a couple minutes to do so. We'd be very very grateful. And now, without further ado, let's get into the headlines for this week. Brittany, you want to kick things off with our first story? Absolutely. All right. That was way too enthusiastic for how I actually feel. Um, <laughs> Apex, Leg <laughs> Apex Legends devs are working on a new game that will let players, quote, adventure forever. Via forever? Dex Dexter Tro. Did I say that right? Forever. Okay. Dextero? Dex. Now there's, it's like D-E-X-E-R-T. Oh, Dexerto? Dexerto? Dexerto. I did too, and then I was like, nah, that's not right. Okay, so it starts out with an update, which was effective January 6th at 5 a.m. Eastern, which says, the job listing mentioned below now goes to a blank page with the description stripped out, and the job itself is no longer listed on the vacancies page. So now to the original story. Ooh. According to a new job listing posted on Respawn's website, the studio is putting together an incubation team to develop, quote, a brand new IP. The listing has relatively few details on the project itself, besides confirming that the title will, quote, use new practical technologies to enable adventuring forever. This may suggest a live long-term game with ongoing Respawn entertainment support. Outside of the relatively vague job listing, there have been no official word from the North American studio regarding a new game or series in development. It's also likely whatever this new title is, it will be related to Star Wars or the Fallen Order series. So first thing, we got a question from Nova. Actually, no, let's, let's talk about that later. Okay, ladies, how do you feel about adventuring forever? Like, I just got to know. To me, my brain goes to MMO. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought about Elder Scrolls. And how I felt like that game never ended. And technically, with the way that some of the side quests were RNG, it didn't actually. But MMO is a much better genre. It's like, it's right? like that when I think yeah. of yeah, when I think of a game that's designed for quote unquote adventuring forever, that's what my brain goes to. It's like, okay, it's just a weird fancy term for MMO. Or some sort of shared online space in that way, if you don't want to necessarily call it that. Whatever. I'm sure there'll be some new gaming acronyms that'll come out eventually. It's not an MMO. It's a yeah. M some other bullshit. It's M some other bullshit. I like that. <laughs> yeah, because if you look at how they've talked about, EA's talked about their um, IPs lately, you look at, let's say, like Apex Legends and... The I have it right here. Game director said at possibly hinting the IP at expanding at hint at ex, hinting at expanding the IP. Words are hard. It's I'm rusty. Anyway, back in October, about what else are we going to do with Apex Legends? And so you're like, okay, well maybe this would be the MMO. But then the listing says it's a brand new IP. So it's like to be to be clear, I don't think this is an MMO. That's just when you say something like adventuring forever, forever. That's just where my brain would automatically go to. I don't think Respawn Studios is big enough to take on the task of, a, of an MMO right now. And considering there was only one job listing that said this, um, I would be inclined to say it's probably not. Uh, but 
It could also be something more along the lines of what Destiny 2 is right now, which has MMO elements to it, but isn't a full-blown MMO, where it does periodic updates to give players a reason to grind for new gear and to participate in seasonal events and things like that. But it's not something that the vast majority of players are logging into every day, right? Like there's obviously a hardcore contingency of players who are active on destiny constantly, but it's, it's not the broad broad scale of their player base. And so I think that respawn as an FPS focused studio could do something like what Bungie is doing with destiny, but because of their restrictions being underneath EA, I don't know what that would mean for them long-term supporting the game. Would they run into some of the same problems that Bungie ran into when they were with Activision? Probably, you know, does respawn as a studio want to continue working on other things? Of course. Like, I mean, I fully expect there to be a Jedi fallen order Two. We expect there to be more from Titanfall at some point we know that they're obviously getting into vr with the medal of honor project and i think that they just have a lot going on so trying to do a live service game in addition to supporting apex legends feels like a lot yeah Yeah, i mean it does say it's an incubation team so i don't think it would be anything that is greenlit for a while so you think it's just an r&d phase right now oh at 100 percent. this is definitely like we are just fucking around (laughs) with some concepts we'll see how it goes if it gets greenlit i would imagine then they would put out a mass like hiring um to try and get talent to actually build whatever it is but yeah right here right here this is like this is the the seed of a project. It's like not even planted in the ground yet. Hmm. <laughs> They're trying to figure out what it is yet. What kind of seed it is before they plant it in water and give it all the love right. it needs. It's going to be like one of the mystery seeds you get in video games. You're like, what is it? I don't know. Like in Spirit Fair. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. I got you. Hmm. So Patreon patron Nova asks, with the respawn news, do you think they've pretty much given up on Titanfall proper, at least until they squeeze everything they can out of Apex? I mean, I think Apex. I feel like they kind of have to in the sense that, like, Titanfall never really performs as well as they would want it to. Mm, I mean, Titanfall like, 2 did it always pretty does well, but well. sales-wise, I feel like it never right. quite crests, like, the peak you would think it could hit. Yeah, I think that uh, the Titanfall 2 really suffered from just a poor release window. Yeah. When they released that, because I think they released that game within like a week of Call of Duty and there was something something else that EA was working on at the time. And I remember when that game came out, I was like, this is just the wrong time to release this game. So I feel like a Titanfall 3 could really be a banger if they released it in like February um, instead of in the fall holiday window. Right in smack dab middle of... Right. Everything else. Well, I think that, you know, EA is probably looking at the success of Apex and the success of its competitors, games like Warzone, right, in the Call of Duty universe and saying, well, we have a shooter. We have Titanfall. How can we incorporate the learnings that clearly Respawn has from making Apex with the roots of Titanfall and make something really special? And I don't know Mm. why they would not pursue that. Yeah, I think... I mean, I... I Oh, go ahead, Brett. Oh, thanks. I was just say the last thing we heard about Titanfall was back in July of last year when I think it was the CFO said, like, you know, maybe you'll see something from it down the line, but we're not sure. It was all about giving the team the resources they need to be productive and, you know, that kind of, like, non-answer. And then Vince Sampella did say he would like to explore it down the road and maybe do something more with it. But, I mean, when you look at, like, Jedi Fallen Order, which I think definitely it, it, it surpassed expectations. It sold 10 million units as of, like, sometime last year. You look at um, 
oh, what, what was the other game I was going to talk about? I can't remember. I'm brain farting. Anyway, like, I don't know why. Like, I, th- I think I can see why they would want to focus on Titanfall. But at the same time, you know, Apex, oh, Apex, yeah, they have 70 million registered players. So, like, why wouldn't you want to try to milk that cow? You know what I'm saying? Squeeze those others. True. True. I mean, and I think it's not to be overlooked that Vince has left the Respawn team right. to lead Dice LA, right? So he's completely on a different team now. And so it's like, well, who is leading this new project? But I think that Respawn makes great games, and I would be down for them to noodle on something different. Noodle. Because I think that they did great with the new IP that was Titanfall. And I thought even though Jedi Fallen Order was clearly set in the universe of Star Wars, I mean, they did something really original with that game, and I loved that game. Yeah. Well, see. Yeah. I liked that game. Yeah, it was a great <laughs> no, game. If you never played bullshit. it, you should check it out. <laughs> oh, Cyber. All right, next story. Outriders has been delayed until April with a demo coming next month via VG247. People can fly in Square Enix's upcoming shooter, Outriders, has once again been pushed back. In a post on Twitter, the team said that the game would be missing its previously announced February 2021 release date and would instead be launching on April 1st. Really? <laughs> April 1st? Not a joke. Yeah. That's what, that's what we're going with? That Of all the dates to choose. <laughs> Not April 2nd? Why would you choose <laughs> April Fool's Day when you don't have to? I don't know. I wonder if that's like technically the the cutoff for their fiscal because usually March is the cutoff. Uh, but if it's March is first, end of March is usually it. So I don't know why. The, if you're gonna go on the first, you may as well go on the second. Yeah, and it's a Thursday. Just make it the second. It'll be Friday. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Anywho, let me get back to this it is story. April first. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there is a free demo that will be rolling out on February 25th, which will give players the chance to check out the first few hours of the game. People People will be able to try all four character classes across Outrider single player and co-op modes with users able to migrate all of this progress into the final game, which is oh, nice. That's nice. Quote, we believe it's important that players get to experience a new IP like Outriders before release so that you can decide for yourselves whether the game is something you wish to pre-order, purchase or play, the team wrote. And it looks like we have a question about this from a Patreon member, Patrick Landry, who writes, with Outriders being delayed, do you think it will give it a chance to actually succeed, considering that this type of game has been plagued with disaster recently? Mm. Um, It's interesting because this is now the second or third delay that this game has had because it originally was supposed to launch holiday 2020. Mm. um, And then they pushed it and now they've pushed it again. And the last time Steimer and I played the game, the build that we had was a little broken, uh, but was still a lot of fun. Still had a a jolly old time playing the game. And I think that this is absolutely the game that people are going to want to try before they buy to see it's their cup of tea. And I want to remind people that Outriders is not a live service game. People Can Fly have gone above and beyond to make that explicitly clear that everything that is in the game is on the disc or in the code um, in the that you download. So um, I'm, I'm still excited for this game. I think that, you know, I need to see more from the narrative, but playing co-op was super fun. I hope that the push is far enough for them to actually get, so that they don't have to push again. 
Mm. Like, I do think that people make the mistake of like, oh, we only need another couple months. I'm like, just pad in an extra couple. Like, <laughs> what's the worst that happens? You polish it more? Like, come on. Like, I think it was, less- the release date was yeah. February 2nd, right? I think so. It was like, it's only a month delay. And you know, yeah, I'm not I'm like, saying so I don't, that we've well, had it's two months. It's a couple months, but oh. it's still like, no, you're right. Yeah, it is only like a month because it's March. Basically, you get, well, no, February. No, it's March. two months, two months, two months. February is like a baby month. So I don't, it's hard to count it as a real. It's true. <laughs> it doesn't count as a month. Sorry, everyone born in February. You were never born. That's my mom. <laughs> you were never born. born. Oh, wow. February does I was never born. That's what a is dramatic. What is happening? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's interesting that they're kind of, I kind of wonder also this little message here. Uh, about like, oh, you can decide for yourself whether or not you want to pre-order if if it's... Yeah, it is. You know, something it to is. do with the recent cyberpunk, you know, hmm. kerfuffle of like, we don't know what we're getting. Do we want this game? We've all pre-ordered it, not knowing what it actually looks like on our consoles and them being like, here, we're the good guys and you can just... <laughs> People can fly. Also Polish, question mark? They are, yes. yes. Please, Sony, don't remove our game from your store. That's Please no. I do think things are going to get so much harder for devs because of all of that shit though. Like oh. you have no idea. Like there's not going to be like any sort of like uh, exceptions made for a little while. As there shouldn't. Like, I don't want to go Oof. down that rabbit hole, but like the platform should never have approved that code. Period. True. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Back to people can fly. Back to this. Brittany, <laughs> yes. what do you think? Uh, so, I- I'm glad that they're doing this. I think they should realistically have a longer beta or early access period because I think that with a game that requires online play and involves co-op, especially with the very complicated difficulty system with the world tiers that they have built in, I think that they would benefit a lot from an extended either closed alpha, closed beta, open beta, or all three. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And instead they have a demo, which is different. So I don't know why they aren't just going to do a beta. Maybe they will. Maybe in March they'll be like, hey, actually, we decided based off watching you guys play the demo that we're going to do a beta. I don't know. But yeah. Why not? Thank you, Brittany. Yeah. Anytime. (laughs) Wait, what? Because originally I said, Brittany, what do you think? And then you you started going. My bad, Britt. (laughs) No, it's okay, girl. You just like to read my thoughts. I no, imagine people I, who listen to the show, though, and like those folks who do confuse our voices, oh, yeah. being even more confused <laughs> in that moment of like, we all sound the same, Steimer, don't you know? Yeah, all the same. Women do all sound the same. It's true. Yeah. My apologies. Brittany, what do you think? No, dog, like you pretty much said what I was going to say. I think a game like this really would benefit from a demo, probably, like you said, an alpha or a beta. Because even though, like, I mean, I try to play or this a beta. game, a beta. I try to play this with you ladies, but you know, I just have trouble when it comes to playing demos through my computer it just doesn't happen something always shits yeah, the bed computador i was like nothing it's like nah i'm good but even though like you guys have said you've had a good time with it i'm still kind of on the fence something about it doesn't twist my panties and i know in a good way if you know what i'm saying so i'm <laughs> twisted in a bad way where it rides up your ass yeah and you have That's like good. a perma wedgie and you're just like you're trying to pick it, it and you can't you know but yeah. andrea you're trying to say something that actually I benefits was just like the conversation. i got i got thrown off by that mental image <laughs> Um, You're welcome. It doesn't feel like it's your type of game anyway because of its like hard shooter sci-fi focus. Despite your love of Halo, I kind of get the vibe that an ongoing like narrative drama that is so story focused because people can fly have really 
you know, put a lot of emphasis on the fact that they're proud of the narrative building that they have done in this game, that we've not seen a ton of it in the demos that we've played so far. Yeah. Um, that it just wouldn't be a game that you would pick off the shelf first. Yeah. Also, I don't know how many, like, face tanky roles they really have because the one i remember when i whatever role it was i played i already forgot um like i had to heal in a very specific way i'd like run up to think people you were the trickster you think so like shotgun them and then like fucking get the hell out of there <laughs> like, so it was a lot of push and pull which was very interesting and fun to play mm. um i liked that it gave me a little bit more to like mentally chew on versus just like I sit behind cover and pick people off. Oh yeah. Um, this is not a cover focused game. Even yeah. though cover plays a role, they've said in their like dev diaries that you can watch their outrider broadcasts that it's not a cover focus, but it's not doom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See the thing though is, is if it has this awesome narrative, like I will play or dabble in almost any genre if it has a super gripping story. So like, that's why I'm excited about it is because they've been talking about it, but we haven't seen anything. And also the fact that it's co-op, like, I, you know, I, you know, yeah, I don't you play and, with yeah, you ladies, you but Jason, I have a good time with that. Yeah. I mean, he's really good at covering me when I face tank and suck and bring the whole team down, but we'll see. And I think it's great too, that your progress will carry over. Like, that's good. This is a good thing. Good job. That is the nicest bit about this because the one thing I never, you guys always know me. I'm like, if there's a demo, if there's a whatever, I'm like, no. I don't want to do the same thing. I don't want to do it because then I'm going to have to do it over again when the game comes out and I I hate it. It's one of my least favorite things. Um, the per- this is the person who also replayed Mass Effect 1 nine times. But um, <laughs> <laughs> who cares, <Bye>. right? <laughs> I don't like doing it. So the fact that they're like, yes, and then the- that progress will migrate. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, that's just so nice. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, people can fly. You did it. Uh, let's continue on, shall we? Brittany, what's up with Luigi's Mansion 3's next level games? Uh, Nintendo bought them, Andrea. So this comes... What? Oh, shit. They made it rain. Made it rain all those ghosts and goblins and vacuum cleaners <laughs> and other weird things that are in that game. Yes, so this comes from Polygon. So Nintendo has acquired Next Level Games, the makers of Luigi's Mansion 3 on Nintendo Switch, the company announced on Tuesday. Vancouver-based Next Level has delivered seven titles published by Nintendo, going back to Super Mario Strikers for the GameCube in 2005. The company expects that a closer relationship with the studio will deliver, quotes, an anticipated improvement in development speed and quality. Nintendo says the deal will close on March 1st. Next Level's Luigi's Mansion 3, which launched on October 31st, 2019, was a critical and commercial success, selling 7.8 million copies worldwide as of November. Next Level also won awards for Luigi's Mansion 3 at the Game Awards in 2019, DICE Awards, and BAFTA Games Awards in 2020. So this is exciting because Nintendo, I feel like, never acquires developers. You just never hear about it happening. I can think of Retro Studios and Monolith off the top of my head. And I even think that latest deal was in 2007, the last time they acquired someone, unless I'm brain farting. No, I fully did not realize that the studio behind that game was not already part of the Nintendo family. So this was news to me in the sense that I didn't realize that Next Level wasn't already underneath that umbrella. It absolutely makes sense that Nintendo would buy them. Mm-hmm. Spend some of that dragon pile you've got, Nintendo. <laughs> they have a long you courting process. My brain, my brain was really confused for a minute when I first read the headline, and I thought they were buying Luigi's Mansion 3 levels of Mario Maker. Oh, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw the words Maker and Level, and, and like my brain just like mashed them together in a weird way. 
And then you read the story and I was like, that makes infinitely more sense. Oh, good. I'm glad I was able to clear that so, up for you. Uh, you, you. Thank you, Brittany, <laughs> for your service. I got you. Oh, this is good. Untangling the webs up here. I'm trying. Trying to help you out. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Nintendo never acquires studios I feel like so it's like hey they have a long courting process they have very big thick walls that you know you have to take down by lots of dates and uh, millions of games sold apparently but once you do that for them welcome to the Nintendo family uh, yes yeah yes yup Duh. All right. I want to read the next one. It's all you, girl. Yep. Okay, so do you guys remember that movie? I think it's with Matt Damon called We Bought a Zoo. Yes. No. So it's sort of like that, everybody. But Fortnite of Epic Games has bought a mall. <laughs> <laughs> they bought an ama- abandoned mall to turn into its next HQ. Um, so Epic Games bought, this is via IGN. Epic Games has bought an entire mall with plans to turn the unused location into its new headquarters in Cary, North Carolina. In a press release, they announced that uh, they've purchased a 980,000 square foot. That's almost a million. (laughs) uh, And an 87 (laughs) acre. uh, It's the Cary Town Center Mall, which will become the new campus by 2024. (laughs) This uh, plan includes like they're creating both office buildings and recreational spaces for long term use. Development on the new HQ will begin later this year. And in the meantime, Epic Games will remain at its current Crossroad Boulevard location in Cary uh, and the Epic the city Epic Games has been based in for over 20 years. They also maintain over 50 offices worldwide. I think it's interesting that they're buying a campus one this big. Uh, granted, it's, big. it is still in North Carolina. Like real estate is much cheaper, obviously there. Especially malls. They're having a, a rough go these last oh. couple of years. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so uh, big though. 980,000 square feet. The thing that I find interesting about it is because I think, especially with COVID, a lot of bigger companies are debating the value of something like an like a campus space. Like, is mm. it really worth the cost of trying to for first of all, like for talent, do they want to move here to, to carry North Carolina? I went to school in North Carolina, actually not that far from there, um, and I really liked North Carolina. Thought it was beautiful. I don't think I would go back and move there though. Like, I enjoyed the time that I had there. Sticky summers, man. Super humid. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but yeah, so I just think it's interesting that they're like, no, we still see the value in having a, ma- a major campus. Again, 980 But you have so much feet. money, though. You know, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's true. But still, like, I wonder what that means. Like, what sort of plans they really want to invest in. What sort of people they really want to invest in. Like, what the space will look like. Because I imagine you have that much space. Like, you're probably thinking about expanding your team and into what areas is kind of what I'm... I think some of the things to consider are what they're doing with Unreal Engine. I think it would be really great if they maybe made like Unreal Engine University where (gasps) devs could come and study with the team that makes the engine and maybe take classes or maybe they could offer something to students who live in that region of the country. I think that that would be a really cool thing that I hope they explore. UNC Chapel Hill. Hmm. Or they could also be really expanding their Epic Game Store business, right? So it's been doing well for them. They obviously want to expand that and add more features and keep rolling out support for that. And that would be a great way to expand their team is to add more um, partner managers to provide developers access to more people at the platform. Because I, I have heard from developer friends of mine that that's one of their biggest struggles is 
connecting with partner managers at the individual platforms, particularly the the console platforms are the most difficult to work with. But it's because there's just so many developers and there's usually not enough partner managers to go around, you know, whether it be Steam or Nintendo or PlayStation, whoever you're working with, right? And so maybe Epic is seeing that and hearing this from the development community and saying, we don't want to fall into some of those same mistakes with Epic Game Store. We want to provide more staff. How do we do that? We got to have more We buy them all. (laughs) We buy them all, mostly just so we can have a food court. Ooh, that's actually like, I miss how cool works. is that idea like you, you go to work and then you go to the food court it's kind of like being honestly feels a little college which is not necessarily a knock because college is awesome um but oh, yeah you're just like i get to go to the cafeteria and like ooh, pick out which station i want to eat at today got a little <laughs> pasta bar get a little salad bar it'd be great it feels very <laughs> silicon valley but obviously in, in north, north carolina, carolina. Yeah. because a lot of the campuses that I visited when I was living in the Bay Area, including places like Yahoo and Facebook, have a lot of very similar styles. They have these giant sprawling campuses and they have a lot of different things on site for employees to take advantage of, you know, fitness centers, healthcare centers, even like beauty services. I think Facebook has like a hair salon on their campus. Um, It's all designed to keep you there. Exactly. That makes yeah, sense. So that you never leave work. You just work perpetually. Like, oh, I just, yeah, you just work 14 hours a day. Wow. Yeah. Because you're like, I have the gym here. I have my hairdresser here. I have my masseuse here. I have my whatever here. That's just yeah. crazy. I mean, that'd be great. It could be a security issue, but maybe it'll convert part of it to like Fortnite land where you bring all your little kiddos. And I would say have a ball pit. But they all have a daycare center. So EA has That's a cool. daycare okay. center um, on their campus at EA Redwood Shores. But yeah. it's like impossible to get into because it's small because they, you know, their campus is only so big. And uh, you basically like have to not even be pregnant and put your unborn child uh, on it on the waiting list. On the waiting list. <laughs> I may get pregnant in the next two to three years. Yes. Put my name on the list. Wow. Put it on here. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, maybe they should expand their childcare options. Yeah, you uh, got money. You can do it. It's more about the actual space on the campus because, like, they would just basically need to move campuses. They would need to find like a new. Yeah. They would need to find an abandoned mall. <laughs> Listen, go ahead and ladies, I think the that's Bay area what we're has do. some of those. Let's go to North Carolina, buy an abandoned mall. It'll be our new HQ. It'll be fantastic. I mean. I'm down. That'd be so cool. But we cool. definitely have to have... We'll like, have like like little like we'll ride bikes between the areas. Like you'll have your own section of the mall. She'll have her own section of the mall. I want a scooter. I'll be like, you know, we'll just like scoot around in between the different ones. It'll be great. It'll be I so like fun. It. Huh. Oh, man. All right. That is going to do it for our major headlines for the week. As we had mentioned, it's still pretty quiet here in the month of January as everybody's getting kind of back into the groove of things after the big holiday break. We do have a couple bullet points for in case you missed it. Battleborn, that game. Remember Battleborn, everybody, from, from Gearbox? Yeah, nope. Yeah. Those servers <laughs> will be shut down on January 25th. <laughs> Sarah's like, nope. And nobody hard. else did either, which is why it's being shut down. Uh, I feel like that game had potential. I, and then, I didn't say it was a bad game. It just launched no, at a, it. Launched well, I mean, at that they, time, man. Bad they time. Did. They did. They launched right when Overwatch was launching. It was yeah there are some really unfortunate timing like events in gaming history you're just like oh well well." very unlucky um and cd project red has announced that cyberpunk 2077 has sold 13 million copies and multiple reports have said that this is even with 
<laughs> the refunds still sold 13 million copies. So congrats to them. I know that they've been pushing patches left and right. And Steimer is going to talk about one of those patches and hot fixes oh, no. in the next segment. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm still looking forward to trying Cyberpunk once the official PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X versions are out. But until then, I'm going to play other things. Speaking of what we've been playing, it's time to take our first break of the show. And when we come back, we will do just that. Stick with us, everybody. We'll see you in a minute. Welcome back, everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast. I like that. (laughs) I don't know why I did that. Just like, it's a club. I don't know. Let's go. (laughs) I miss parties, you guys. What are parties? What's a party? I don't know anymore. I don't remember what it feels like to be at a party. Just yeah. Have no recollection. Isn't it wild that it's been almost a year? Oh, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Um, let's think about video games. The escape hey. that we all love so much and the reason why you're here listening to the What's Good Games podcast. So both of you ladies have been playing more cyberpunk. And mm-hmm. I alluded in the last segment that one of you, Steimer, yeah. has been having some trouble with some of the patches. Do you care to extrapolate? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, so I've been playing again on the PS5, but the PS4 version because the patch is not out yet. Um, so before I tweeted about this too, like before um, Christmas, I was playing it and it was crashing fairly regularly, but it was like every two to three hours, which I actually didn't mind because to me, I was like, oh, okay. That reminds me to like get up and go to the bathroom or get up and make myself some food or get up or like whatever. Like it just kind of jolted me out of the game in a way that was not necessarily unwelcome (laughs) um, and allowed me to function as a human being. But then and got like bless their little hearts. um, You know, they tried. So they, Issued a hot fix right before Christmas. Thankfully, I was already done with the game. Um, and it it was just pushed out on consoles. And I read their little their Twitter like patch notes, hot fix notes. And it definitely it said one of the things it intended to fix was crashing on consoles. Um, it did not work for me. And in fact, it made it exponentially worse. And then mm, I could only play about every 30 minutes before it would crash. That's so bad. Yeah. And so that's what I was like, because what I had intended to, so I had finished the, I went through, finished the game. Basically what the game does is like dumps you back at the, before the whatever point of no return. Um, So I was like, oh, I'll just go back and run around and like clean up some of the other stuff I didn't do or see if like anything new pops up that I'm interested in. And uh, and then it started crashing every 30. And I was like, okay, every two to three hours I could deal with, I cannot deal with this every 30 minutes. It's not okay. That's so bad. So um, I was like, well, I'm done with it already. So I guess I'll just be done with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. So we kind of talked about this over text message a little bit, Steimer. But I also finished Cyberpunk. I clocked in around 75 hours. I think you said like 55. I was like 50. Yeah. Yeah. Like 50, 55. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sucks because I had a crash. I had maybe like five crashes during my entire playthrough and it just sucks because I know not everyone got to experience the game in the way I did where I didn't have like any game breaking bugs I didn't have terrible crashes and so it was quite uh, pleasurable (laughs) to go through that game and play it and play it from start to finish and I had a a pretty good time with it but man if it was crashing every 30 minutes there's no way that's why I stopped playing Kingdom Come Deliverance way back in the days because it was crashing every 30 minutes and I was like nope 
I can't do it. Yeah. Literally unbearable. Not great. Yeah. But even still, like, I, I mean, I don't want to like get too far into it. Cause I feel like I said a lot of what I needed to say about the design and the choices, the last podcast. But what I will say is at having more time with the game, the parts that I will amend are really more on some of the missions that you do and some of the characters that you meet. Uh, I do think that there are some really strong, fun characters in this game. Um, there's a character called Pan Am who I, oh, love. This character, I love her. Judy, I love. Like, there's a, there's like a few standout characters where I really liked all of them, and I thought that they had really great personalities. They made the world seem fun. They made the world seem more welcoming in a way, or in the sense that like I wanted to go back to the world to see that character, mm-hmm. um, which was nice because I, as we were kind of talking about, like you need that in a world that is fairly bleak, like a cyberpunk world is mm-hmm. just naturally. So um, that's, I don't know if you felt that way, Brittany, as you were kind of like, as you kind of dug into the meat of the game too. Ooh. But I w- originally was a little nervous about like, Ooh, am I going to want to be here? Especially like the, all the characters don't necessarily seem likable, but then I did find those likable characters. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that also highlights one of the issues in this game is the consistency. And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about it is yeah. that there are those bomb standout characters and shout out to my boy River Ward, who I think his romance. Oh, I also love River. Oh yeah. I think his romance. So got a little, eh, got a little short sighted. Like they, they didn't give him the love and attention that I think it, that it deserved, but that's kind of the issue is, yeah, I think, you know, you do have, have Judy and Pan Am and River and eventually another character that you get to meet. And I think they're for the most part, like they're all very great, very well written, but it's just the consistency of the interactions you get to have with them. It's the weird like, okay, so we're in a committed relationship apparently, but I can't talk to you really anymore. There's nothing for you to say. And there, you can't even like sleep with them again. No. Like I would watch that scene over and over again if you'd let me, but no, you won't yeah. let me. Like, you know, give me the option or even if you wanted to make it cycle like every couple of days, like day cycles in the game. Okay, what if you need to like not have people be total horn dogs? But like, (laughs) I just just let me. Why can I not even like kiss you? It's weird. Um, I thought that was strange. Yeah. Or add in some a few lines of dialogue where they'll randomly call you and have something to say. And I do think there are some moments where you do get those random phone calls or text messages from important characters. and You're like, oh, that's really cool because it does feel much more immersive that way. But the other thing that I learned about this game is there is some interesting and I think some fascinating story points that was just glossed over way too quickly that I found myself just like utterly confused by at the end. I'm like, okay, who was that person? What was the point of that? And it feels really rushed. And I think that's where, again, a lot of more polish could have taken place. But obviously, like if I'm going to spend 70 hours, 75 hours with a game, I enjoyed my time with it. Like I would have put it down a long time ago if I didn't. It's just not that standout masterpiece like we were talking about a couple weeks ago that I think we all thought it was going to be. But the potential, I think, was there. It's just a shame Mm -hmm. that there was not enough time to really capitalize on it. And for the love of God, give this game a codex, please. Like, please, I don't know. They're dropping so many crazy terms on you. And you're like, okay, I can try to remember who this person is and what that person did and what this program is. And then you can't. And then it's like, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I don't know what you just said. I don't know why. That's I bonkers care. that they don't have that. I couldn't find one. I mean, I, I, unless I missed it. But that menu is so like kind of ass backwards. The anyway. menu is a little convoluted. Yeah. If you it's couldn't find stuff. it within seventy five hours of play, that is a game. <laughs> that is a game design fail. It's crazy because I never when I never fucked around with crafting in the game. I never. Oh, I did all the time. See, I didn't. I didn't even but touch I was, it. I was frustrated because 
so I, I would break down things whenever I could. I would try to craft when I could. I would try to upgrade where I could to get those points. But even still, so the end of the game, again, I played like 50 hours of it. Um, I was nowhere near the level I needed to be in order to do anything with legendary. So basically, um, my crafting skills were worthless because I couldn't craft any gear that was better than what I had. Um, so to me, I was like, I feel like they kind of messed up a little on the curve of this. Yeah. Um, it just feels like unless I, which I could definitely do, I could definitely go on the internet right now and find a crafting quote unquote hack to level that skill up to be whatever I needed it to be. Although legendary stuff is like 18 on crafting. And I don't even think I had that many points into crafting yet at that point or into the, I forget which attribute point that is connected with but mm. um you have to like you have to have that many attribute points in there for even to yeah. get your skill sorry that's not even the skill it's like god because there's different attribute terms points, for each thing there's points. like attribute points and then actual skills which is like yeah running to do it and then there's skill tree or there's different names for those yeah. two things i forget which ones there's which, just a lot of game here perks 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 yeah perks got it okay <laughs> That perk point doesn't unlock until you are around level 18. And to me, I'm like, so that's like really far for me. And I already, I've done a lot in the game. Not everything, obviously, but I did a decent chunk. And I finished your game and I'm like nowhere near Uh, being able to craft any of this stuff. It just made me sad. Yeah. (laughs) Because I wanted to craft. I think this is really my, one of my bigger issues with it is the lack of, of like transmog. And the, mm-hmm. not being able oh, to look cool. Oh, my V always looked so dumb. <laughs> she always looked so Which is bad. so weird because so much of cyberpunk culture is about style. Yeah. And the game is so stylized in so many ways that them locking you to these really shitty outfit combinations because of the way the gear stats work is such a head scratcher for a company who's known for their RPGs. Yeah. It yeah. was also, I mean, I wonder if they knocked it out of the mvp uh, meaning minimal viable product uh not most valuable player (laughs) Um, because of the fact that it's first person and you really don't see your character that much but it still bothered me on like a fundamental level especially anytime i would hit that menu and i would see what sort of trash outfit i had on and i was just like (laughs) or those random scenes where you'd see part of your body and you're like oh i forgot i'm wearing rubber pants and like pink shoes (gasps) one time i realized I was naked and I didn't know. Yes, same. <laughs> I was running around naked and I didn't and realize. <laughs> the worst part, it was a side mission where I got up on like a wagon and like talked to a, like a dressed a crowd of people. And then I realized I looked down later, I had no pants on. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, oops. Like, Wait, did any of the NPCs acknowledge no, that you no, were naked? They have, they have zero. They don't care if, you, well, if you could walk around naked. I guess in it doesn't matter, and right? Anything. Oh, my gosh. But I was just like, just genitals oh, swinging in the that's wind. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Vag out for the world. Vag out for the world. Yeah, I mean, I will say to you, last time we talked about it, I said I would just go in and blast people's faces off, and that was like my go-to mm-hmm. way of playing. But as I played and I dinked around more with the um, breach protocol stuff and the cyber hacks, yeah, the quick hacking, quick hacks. Yeah, that I found that I yeah. actually really enjoyed that, and that actually became the primary way that I played. So uh, too bad you can't switch your attribute points up. Am I right? Yeah, you're right, girl. You right. <laughs> I, I didn't. I don't think you can. I never did. And the other thing is, can't. How, how do people it's afford a two hundred twenty-five thousand dollar car in this game? How do you do? I that, first of all don't I'm not spend any money. I guess. But yeah, but you need to spend first money all, on your like ripper docks and shit, and then you're poor. I don't. Whatever. 
You don't need to either. Like, because you don't, I had like, I got the, everything the game gave me. I had enough cars. Like I didn't, I'm not a car person though. So maybe if you're like, I really love the cars, but to me, the cars fishtail way too much for them to be fun. The bikes to drive are way all. better. The bikes are way better. Yeah. Um, but I did, I found like a supercar in the desert, by the way. So pro tip, if you are like, I really want a car and I can't afford one. There's a free one. There's a free one in the desert in a cave. So like, go get yourself <laughs> in a cave, a free, a free flashy car. Uh, I'm sure that, that will, there's a walkthrough video on YouTube that uh, will show you exactly is. where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not hard to find. Um, so, but in general, yeah, it's one of the, I think it's Brittany summed it up well with like, the game was obviously good and I felt a draw to it when I wasn't playing it. I was like, oh, you know. I'm gonna go play a little cyberpunk yeah. now. Like whatever. Once I kind of got into it, definitely had the the draw, the lull. Um, but then, kind of when I was done with it, I was done with it, and mm-hmm. I was okay leaving it. So yeah. it's it's a good game, but it, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's Witcher three level. I think if I had to compare this to something, I it, this feels like to me a moment of growth for CDPR, in the sense that like Witcher one and Witcher two were for them. Like they kind of needed to start over. This was their first IP they really took that was their own and they're trying to make it their own. So there's always going to be a little bit of stumbling blocks, I think, because people don't really realize, I think, how much they really leaned on, you know, Witcher already having a narrative, already having the world being built. And while Cyberpunk, yes, does have rules and things that are already built for them because it was a tabletop game, um, it also gives you that freedom to really explore it and do what you want with it. And I think that that studio is just learning and growing and trying to figure out how to make their own, you know, imprint on a, on a land like that where they can. Um, so that's how I kind of view it. Word. It's like a baby step for them. Not baby step, but moment of growth. We'll go with that. I like that. Yeah. Yep. Moment of growth. Well, I have been playing a lot more of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, fallen into a very it? deep hole. Not yet. Um, I think that in order for me to finish the game, I'd really have to like focus on mainlining. Mm-hmm. I'm a high enough level that I could probably get through all of the main story missions, no problem. But I've just been really enjoying so much of the side content that I haven't felt the pressure for the first time in a long time to finish the game, which I think is really great. And so often when we work in games media, we are kind of forced into rushing through games. And I didn't want to do that with Valhalla um, because I kind of abandoned Odyssey because I got overwhelmed and I haven't really gotten that feeling yet, which is great. Mm. So I don't want to go too much into into talking about Assassin's Creed because I spoke a lot about that last year, but I've been really enjoying it and having a lot of fun with it and looking forward to completing the story because they've got me hooked to what they've done with the narrative. But Yay. I did get to play something new. So the team at IO uh, reached out to me and said, hey, we have this game coming out. You mm. may have heard of it. It's called Hitman 3. and I have heard of that. Yeah. Yes. And we would like you to check out this preview code that we have. And I said, that sounds cool. Let's do it. So I muffin you. <laughs> exactly. Hold on. Oh we'll get to that story in a minute. So <laughs> funny. Um, so the code that they sent me was for the Epic Games Store. But this is coming to all platforms, including Nintendo Switch. It's coming to Nintendo Switch through Nintendo's cloud streaming technology, oh. which is really interesting. Hmm. 
Um, but so I was playing on PC, which so already I was at a disadvantage. <laughs> I am keyboard. terrible with mouse and keyboard and even more terrible in a game like Hitman where you have all of these special commands with all of the different buttons, like pulling up your inventory, using your camera, holstering your thing, uh, trying not to accidentally subdue or knock somebody out or wave your gun around. For people who aren't familiar with Hitman, the franchise has been around for a really long time. IO was previously publishing the game with Square Enix, I believe. No, Warner Brothers. Who's Warner Brothers? doing it now? Um, I think they're publishing this on their own, actually. Oh, okay. I remember them being part of Square, or not part of it, but like, I thought I thought it was Square. I, th- I thought it might have been Warner Brothers. I have to double, I have to double check. But they have, they kind of rebooted the Hitman franchise and made it this episodic thing um, underneath the world of assassination. So Hitman and Hitman 2 were really well received. A lot of people really liked the kind of reboot and the things that they changed about the franchise and, and made it really almost like a choose your own adventure assassination choose your game. Own murder. <laughs> yes, choose your own murder. <laughs> and the game looked great. And so I was really excited to try Hitman 3 because it had been a long time since I played Hitman 2. Uh, some of the things that I want to mention about what they're doing with the game this time around, if you guys did never play the first two parts of the trilogy good news you can play them inside hitman 3 i think that this is an amazing thing that io is doing so right inside the menu if you want to start at the beginning and not just jump into hitman 3 you can play through all three games in hitman 3 it's no extra cost they've just included it and all of the content for hitman 3 is going to be in the final release so it's not going to be episodic like the previous games were and i think that's a very smart decision to just put it all in the game at launch but they are doing some different things this time around. Uh, if you did play the previous Hitmans, you could import your Hitman 2 profile information, which is kind of neat. So it unlocks specific gadgets for you and, and certain story items. So if you ended up finishing that game, you know you might want to consider importing your save, uh, which I thought was great. And then it's also going to add this thing that's called shortcuts. Um, there's a very specific name. I'm looking in the notes here. There's like a fancier name for them than just shortcuts, permanent shortcuts. Oh, so essentially, the, so this much is, fancier than just regular so shortcuts. Here. It's essentially there to encourage exploration in the game. So if you choose one path to do an assassination, you can unlock a shortcut. So if you decide to go back and play the game again, you can kind of fast track your way through certain parts of the level so that you can experience other parts of it without having to redo everything all over ah. again, which I think is certain uh, is super smart of them to do so certain doors access points ladders etc can be unlocked in your first playthrough that you can then use um in subsequent playthroughs which i think is cool so they've also added this new camera mode which works not only as a tool inside the game for agent 47 you know the the hitman that you play as but also works as kind of like a makeshift photo mode because obviously photo mode is super popular but it's not don't you want to take some shiny pictures yeah it's not the robust photo mode that you we've been getting in a lot of other games i want to be clear about that but it does allow you to take some photos in in scenarios but it works more as like a gadget in the game than than anything else They've also added a new progression system that allows players a clear path to their next unlock, which I think is super important because sometimes when I played Hitman previously, I kind of felt like I wasn't, I didn't, other than obviously taking out your mark, that it didn't really feel like a compulsion to keep playing through specific levels because it's not like you have 
an RPG progression with Agent 47, right? It's not mm-hmm. like he's got like the branching skill tree. Yeah. He's got all of his tools. And basically, just like, yeah, it's just it's, the gadgets that you use per same. level, right? Yeah. The world of the game was really more of the star than any kind of progression. So they've added that. I think that'll be really exciting for longtime fans of the franchise. They've also added a ratings and play style section. So you'll be awarded with ratings after you finish the level, which of course is another like carrot for people to go back and want to play it again to get a higher rating. And I really appreciate the way that they very clearly outline in the difficulty selection permission, what is unlocked and what is locked behind each difficulty. So I started playing on professional, which is like the normal mode, got my ass kicked. (laughs) So I dropped it down to baby ass baby mode and played in casual, still got my ass kicked. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't sure. I I wasn't sure that I could really tell a difference watching you play. I was like, okay, because the guys are still noticing, maybe it's just less people will notice you. Yeah. So Uh. the, I think like the cone of, of notification around certain people is broader Smaller or broader yeah, um depending on yeah which so like level. like you can be i think um yeah like they're yeah no it's smaller right like you have to be closer to, to be them easier, in order for it would them. be smaller yeah that you'd have to get right. closer. Yeah, yeah yeah and then there's certain gadgets that you can use in certain difficulties that you can't use in others so like they restrict it and make it more difficult obviously in the higher difficulty settings <laughs> So things things like that. But I like how they very clearly like bullet point what the difference is because some games don't, right? You have no idea really. There's like, it's harder. And you're like, is it harder? Like you just added more HP to the enemies or like how? Am I squishier? Is the hitbox bigger? (laughs) Yeah. Like what is it? What makes it harder? Yeah. Mm. So I like that they very clearly outlined that. So thank you, Io, for adding that detail. And one of the things I think that's really been overlooked from the Hitman franchise previously is the really deep narrative. And, you know, they're really touting this as the end of the trilogy for the world of assassination. So if you guys have seen any of the story trailers that Io Interactive has been putting out, um, we know that Diana Burnwood, Agent 47's handler, features prominently in the game this time around. He joins forces with his long-lost friend, Lucas Gray. He and Agent 47 have this long history, and they are going to eliminate partners of Providence. You figure out who Providence is if you guys haven't played. They they have a nice little catch-up at the beginning of Hitman 3 if it's been a while for you, but... Again, what I think is nice is if you were like, hey, you know, I haven't played a Hitman game in a long time or, hey, I don't know what I'm going to play at the end of January. Maybe I want to play this. You can start at the first Hitman and play through them all and get up to speed if you want to, which I thought was, you know, really smart of them to do. And of course, um, VR. So that was a big thing that they wanted to push this time around. It's going to support PSVR at launch uh, with full support for all 20 plus locations from the trilogy. They say it will literally change the way you play. Obviously, if you've ever played in VR, you fully understand that. I think a big thing is that going from the third person perspective you get in Hitman to first person is going to be a real big change for people who've played a lot of yeah. Hitman. I don't know that I would like it because personally I like having being able to see, see what's going on around yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I like having as much of you as possible because I just there's somebody in the corner you don't notice. Even though there yes, there's a mini map, so like yeah, you see that too, but yeah, I just like uh, Yeah, I personally think it would be the game is already really hard even on easy mode. I wouldn't want to put it on like extra hard no. mode by playing in VR. No. I so I don't know if you Are tried you this strategy. I want to hear this muffin story, but real quick, D- okay. can you save the game whenever you want? Like if you're about to, yes, you can. Thank God. Okay, I can play yes. this game now. Yay! That makes me yes. happy. Okay, cool. 
So the the autosave feature changes different depending on which difficulty you have selected, but you can manually save at any time. Yay! At least I haven't found a situation yet where I haven't been able to manually save, and I usually will. And they the developers recommend saving a lot, right? They're mm-hmm. like just save constantly. Um, and so I'll save before I'm about to like Try do something. a like, what does this take do? down yeah. Yeah. enter a room where there might be people that recognize me or if I'm about to try like an assassination attempt you know I want to save in case I totally muck it up which of course I probably wish we did a little bit that's yeah. okay yeah okay cool dude I tried to po- I tried to poison this one guy's drink and I didn't notice that there was a security guard like Sitting right on the, on the other like, side of the glass. glass. And I was like, and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh no. Nothing. Taking a walk. <laughs> Just leave. We went downstairs. It was fine. Oh man. And the thing that, you know, I kind of walked away with my time playing and I did mostly just the Dubai section of the demo here. Um, they did have another section, Dartmoor, that was playable. So if you guys are interested in seeing more gameplay and more B-roll, I highly suggest, you know, checking out some other previews because they did give us quite a bit of time uh, to play the game is that this game is just a slow, methodical game. It's not a game that you rush in. You're going to go through this the is not levels. not an instant gratification game. Right. This is not like a speed run game. I mean, I'm sure there will be people who figure out how to speed run these. But I think the satisfaction you get from playing Hitman is planning what you're going to do, mm-hmm. learning from your mistakes, figuring out what you can and can't get away with. Um, and they really just put, IO really gives you a lot of tools. And one of the things that they added this time around was this thing called mission stories. So, um, in the level, you'll come across pieces of Intel. And when you open up those pieces of Intel, sometimes it can lead to a mission story. And so what the mission stories are there is to provide you with a guided way to have a path to the assassination you have to complete. So maybe you'll pick up like a like a pamphlet, or maybe you'll overhear a conversation in a hallway, and then the mission story will pop up, and then it gives you like a kind of like a countdown timer where you can opt in to that mission story, or you can opt out and say, hey, I want to do this hit my way. I don't need no help from you. <laughs> but what I liked about it is for someone who like me who hasn't played Hitman in a long time, I was like, yes, I'm opting opting in tell me how to do this tell me where to go because sometimes these levels can be really overwhelming um this level one of the levels i played had multiple floors that you had to go between and because i had two targets floors yeah it was just like a lot to manage and i think that sometimes it can get a daunting for people about like how do i approach this you know especially if you are new to the franchise Mm -hmm. yes you're just like well i do what yeah (laughs) and then you pick up so many things along the way you're like where am i going to use this thing (laughs) okay what's this muffin story Okay, so I was in a level where I was disguised as like a waiter um, and I walked into the kitchen and there was like a catering table full of food and I was like, oh, maybe I can pick up one of these trays and it wouldn't let me pick up a tray of food, but there was like a single muffin that I could pick up Um, and I always kept forgetting how to holster the thing that I was holding in my hand and so I'm just walking around with a single muffin, (laughs) holding this muffin in my hand, like here I am, like trying to play it cool with the barcode on the back of my neck and the waiter's uniform holding this giant freaking muffin. Because the muffin's also huge. It was huge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I, I come up to this guy and 
I didn't realize that he had recognized me. And then I was like, oh, no. And I panicked because I'm playing on freaking WASD. And I hit the melee button and <laughs> knocked him out with the muffin. It was the best. It was so funny. I loved it. What kind like, of did you just whack him with that? the muffin and it worked? Sure and yeah, did. like he was knocked out. Oh, my knocked God. With the muffin KO. A stale ass muffin. <laughs> <laughs> yes or i was like hiding brass knuckles underneath of it i don't know yeah it was really it was really funny <laughs> amazing um, but yeah so i mean the game looks great oh it, god it was so beautiful like oh. the lighting on it the floors are so polished like, like it has a beautiful reflection you see like the pillar in the floor it was cool i was like yeah. wow oh. they, uh, they definitely spent some time on this yeah io games have always looked really good and I i'm very eager to see how it's gonna look on the new consoles uh, because i will not be playing this on pc but i was playing it on pc for the demo um so i can't comment on how it's um it's gonna look you know in, in, on any other platforms but um it is coming to i'm trying to confirm here exactly all of the platforms again the release details it's um uh, january 20th on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One, Google Stadia, and PC. And again, as I mentioned, Nintendo Switch playable via cloud streaming tech. So basically, if you play games anywhere except your phone, you can play this game. Sweet. Hey. Hey. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that was my time with, with Hitman 3. Mur murder to come at the end of January. Murder via so muffin. Much to murder. Yes, exactly. You can murder people with muffins. <laughs> I found an apple, too, that I carried around for a little while. I guess I didn't try to hit somebody with that. You didn't. You didn't hit anybody with the apple. We were wondering, we're like, can we poison the apple? We're like evil, gonna, evil yes, queen. Yes, I, I found rat poison. I was like, mm, poison apple. It's there perfect. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I always like the Hitman games, but I love, and I love that you can now save whenever you want. Maybe you could do that before in the past. I don't remember, but... I suck at stealth. It's just one of those things that you have to remember to do. Oh, and the, do. when you're in the moment, and the game is immersive, right? Like IO has built these really amazing levels. That's something that they've really excelled at. And they are excelling here with what I've seen in Hitman 3 is that the level design is fantastic. And because of that, you forget you know, that you have to like hit the pause menu, hit the save button, go to the save slot, right? You have to do that. I wish that they just had a quick save button mm. and maybe the final build will because I know a lot of games have added that in recent years. Um, but the demo that I was playing on PC, I didn't have a quick save button that I, I found. So maybe if it's not in the build, IO, if you're listening, maybe something to consider. Maybe do it. A quick save button would be great. Yeah. 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 Um, but, Steimer. Yeah. You have been playing a game that a ton of people raved about last year. Something that has been on my to-do list. Britt, you played a little bit of this too, right? Yeah, I did. Spiritfarer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I finished it. Um, so after Cyberpunk, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to play. I wasn't, I was like, I don't really know if I want to go back to Yakuza yet. And then I saw that Spiritfarer was on Xbox Game Pass. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> I heard Brittany talk about it. She seemed to really like it. So I'll give this a go. Um, and I hopped into it and I was just like, oh, God, yes. Like, because it's just so different from Cyberpunk. It's very, very chill. Obviously, like, very emotional, mm -hmm. um, given the subject matter. And, but also very like the gameplay loop is very different but also just as addictive um so it's a lot more resource management management focused uh so stuff like 
planting crops, making sure you're getting enough of those, uh, turning the, turning the crops into threads, into fabric. Like you have like a whole lot of, um, sort of harvest moony type of tasks to do. And that's part of why I really liked it. But then also you get to meet these really fun characters and, and see a little bit about their backstory. And then it, like, it was an interesting way that they set it up. Um, because I don't know if you, how you played it, Brittany, but I sort of fucked up a little bit and I didn't get one character until way late in the game, like super late. Like, I, um, I'm not gonna say who it is, but first of all, you wouldn't know who it is. So before you continue, just because this is a new game, would one of you please explain what Spirit Fair is? Sure. Yeah, I thought Brittany had talked about it before, but I'm happy. We to. did, but it was, felt like it was so long ago, it may, right? It was probably. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll give you a quick refresher. So, if you're thinking about like how does it play, it is a 2D animated game, so you don't have to worry about like moving the camera around or anything. It's all it just follows you. Um, you are a girl named Stella, and then you have this uh, like the world's most adorable <gasps> little fluffy cat. That I, I fucked up and called dandelion on Twitter, but it's um, daffodil. another D flower. Daffodil. It's daffodil. My but NPC I was like, dandelion. And then someone was like, who's dandelion? And I was like, oh, I think I must have been like mixing up Witcher. <laughs> this game. I had Witcher on the brain. Um, but it is like visually very beautiful. The art is really fantastic. Um, but really what it is is so... If you've played Hades, you'll be familiar with this character as well. Charon, uh, I don't know if he's technically a god. I don't think he's a god. But the um, man who is in the boat, who takes you to the underworld. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, I don't remember what that dude's name is. It's Charon. Oh, you just said it. Yeah. My bad. Um, <laughs> and he basically is like, I'm out. <laughs> it's up to you now, Stella, to take these souls to the other side. And you're like okay Uh, (laughs) so that's kind of like the premise of what you're doing is you meet these characters along the way and at certain points you do say goodbye to them and you have to take them to the spirit door uh or sorry it's called the ever door i believe but essentially you're taking them over to the other side um and i thought that it was really interesting the way that they use that mechanic because it just it really does make you feel something like you get to know these characters. You enjoy seeing them on the boat. You enjoy like some of them will play instruments and then it raises the mood of everybody. Also it's like dope music. So (sighs) good job. Whoever composed that. And then you, um, you like at some point, like I said, like they're like, I'm ready to go now. Like it's time for me to go. And it's hard too because these characters have a personal relationship with Stella and while yeah. they don't like come out right and say what it is right off the bat, you can just tell because I some think of them do. some of them do, but, but yeah. they're so well written that you can just tell through the context, like what that relationship is. And they really do feel so distinct. And even though they're all in this animal form, you see them like as if, as if they're people. And uh, yeah, that's, that was, it was emotional, especially when you get, you know, you talk to them, you get to know them, and then you do have to send them goodbye and ugh. But yeah, so but good. there's also there's a lot of plat. So yeah, there's resource management. There is platforming. You do go around. You get um, new methods of traversal so that you can like access other areas. Um, there are world events, quote unquote, that will give you um, specialized resources that you'll need. That each character has their own event associated with them, and it's just cool also to see the way the characters interact with each other and. 
Oh, I loved Summer. Summer's the snake. I also love the art. I love the art of these characters. Mm-hmm. So yes, they're all animal. They're all anthropomorphic animals, basically. But they're all really well designed, and they all reflect their personality too, just based on. This. So it's just it's really interesting. And then especially when you get to the end and you've said goodbye to a bunch of people, it's cool to kind of think back like to the first person you said goodbye to and. Mm-hmm. Oh, like how you have also like sort of healed even though all the time and you've had all these like the way they designed it is just phenomenal. But like I was saying, I I messed up a little bit and I got one character a little like too late. Um, And well, that was not too late, but it just felt late. I was like, oh, I fucked up. I should have gone back. I should have gone to this place like a long time ago and I just didn't do it. Um, And so then it was weird and very melancholic because I ended up where it was just me and this one character on my boat for a while for like the, for the remainder of the ending of the game. And it was really strange, but I also think that that was kind of an interesting and powerful thing too, to just have that alone time. Cause my boat had gone from being so busy and there were so many people and there was so much to do and there was so much to look at. And then it sort of, petered out and i was like i don't know this is a really fucked up metaphor for life but it's true i guess like i think it's also a metaphor for what happens in death too to the people who are behind and how you usually get friends and family that will rally around you when you've lost someone in the beginning and then you're kind of left with your grief alone after that initial shock of the loss happens and i think that's something that's really spoken to a lot of people about spirit fair is all those multifaceted angles of grief and what happens to you when you experience a loss like that but they do it in such a, a an artful way i definitely want to get back to this game i feel like yeah. i haven't spent enough time with it yeah Ugh. it's got a really yeah really good loop and like i said it i think it works because it's not all heavy all the time and you have those like, oh, okay, like I want to plant some cotton or like I want to fish. I want to cook a new meal. I want to see like what I can make in the oven. Uh, like there's just little things like that that will distract you, which is again, kind of like- And it's fun to life, upgrade. Life and grief, right? It's like mm-hmm. you can kind of distract yourself with little, little mundane things in life. Yeah. And you know, it is fun to upgrade your buildings and it's fun to organize your ship how you want yes. it. and. I think this is right, Summer. You can't get rid of buildings, right? Once you've built them, you. I think certain types you could, okay. like I, but there's like the houses you. The couldn't. houses you couldn't, right? And that kind of speaks to yeah. what you're saying. Is then it's just you and all these empty houses, and it's like, oh wow, this is real deep. But again, yeah, it was like real spook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to my personal NPC of 2020, 2020, which was Daffodil, the adorable little cat. I think that yes. little NPC makes such a big difference. And fun fact that you can play this co-op and someone can control Daffodil if you want to play it with someone. So that would have been helpful for me only because they want my like I had a couple minor irritations. One of them would be like I was trying to exit a doorway and I would end up in the petting animation of the cat. Yeah, and, like. Well, that's fine every once in a while. If you just keep getting, you're like, ah, like, another no, hug. Put the cat. I wanted to just, like, leave the door. I just wanted to leave this building. Um, and then there were some of the, like, mini tasks or whatever that I thought could have maybe been tweaked to yeah. be a little bit less annoying. <laughs> the wood was especially brutal. Um, when you're, like, trying to cut planks of wood, I was like, oh, I really don't like this, yeah. but whatever. It's fine. Um, and then there's, like, what, there's one character that I really did not enjoy that much. But the funnier part is this character gives you like from beyond the grave tasks to do. And I just was like, 
nah, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I didn't do them. I, I don't know. Did you do them, Brittany? Or? No, because I was about to say, I only played, well, because I only played about halfway through, and then it actually got a little too grindy for me, and that could have been yeah. because I was trying to do everything, and traveling from point A to point B was kind of tedious after a bit, and trying to, like, visit all these yeah, little islands. Yeah, you have islands. to use the bus stops. If yeah. you don't use the bus stops, it's just, like, it takes way too long. So I never finished it, so I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, but. okay. Well, there is a character that did that, and I was like, nah, dog. Nah, dog. Cause like I, what she wanted was ridiculous. And I was like, I don't, you're mm-mm. dead. I'm good. You're dead. And I'm going to finish the game now. <laughs> so you'll be happy. It's fine. <laughs> I hope you it's enjoy there for the people that want to do more content. <laughs> it really and if is you kind don't want to yeah. do it, you don't have to do it. Yeah. I felt like that's kind of what it was is like, do you want to do more content? And I was like, it's like chasing collectibles, yeah, right? It's like, eh, do now. I want to go after this shanty that I really don't need? Mm, no. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Anyways, I'm glad really you both enjoyed, enjoyed your time with it. Yeah. And Britt, you finished Age of Calamity finally. Yeah. Well, finished sort of, kind of, because I rolled credits. <laughs> but then after you rolled credits, oh, there's so much more. The game's like, oh, you thought oh. you were done. Oh, no, there's not. You are not done. That was a false ending. False ending. Well, here's the problem. They tricked I'm, you. I'm grinding for this gear. Because I mm-hmm. want it. It's called the, I have it here, the Hyrule Warriors gear. And it looks like, you know, very typical, like, Ocarina of Time, Green Tunic Link. And, like, that's my jam. So I'm like, okay, of course I have to grind for it. This is probably the only game I think I've 100%ed in I don't know how long. Or I'm trying to. I'm 99% of the way through. But the last collectible I have to get to get this gear is in the form of Koroks. And they're hidden throughout all Uh-oh. these different <laughs> levels. And I'm about to pull my hair out because it's so tedious, but I'm so committed now. I'm 55 hours into this thing. And it's like, I have to get it. So every night, like, I'm going to try to do a new level. Because one of the levels is you cannot get hit once by any enemy. And if you oh do... Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, I, I... Especially in a game like this, it's oh. all focused on combat. Oh, yeah. It, it's just, like, swarms of people coming at you. Oh, yeah. It's not great. So thankfully, it is co-op. So Jason, like, has a better stress tolerance than I do. So he doesn't mind trying it over and over again. So, like, both of you can't get hit? So, yeah, I or just, just one of you? Neither one of you can get hit. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So I just, like, hang back at the far back of the level. And I just, like, chill in my little (laughs) corner. And I'm like, go, go, husband, go. But, no, it's really fun. And, like, I think the main draw of this is you don't – and, again, you don't have to do what I'm doing. You don't have to be psycho about it and, like, try to get everything. But (laughs) is the story. And, again, like, the story of this game really does some fun foreshadowing as to what we can expect from the next Breath of the Wild. And I think, you know, this will probably all be covered in the next Breath of the Wild. So if you don't really care enough, you just want to find out when the game comes out, that's cool. But it's some pretty – some people weren't super happy with the narrative choices that I think Nintendo's going, but I think it's pretty fascinating and I think it makes sense. So anyway, you know, you can wrap it up in like probably 10 to 20 hours-ish if you'd like to, or you can complete it and spend 55 to 60 hours like me. But it's fun. It's just the perfect mindless grind, right? Honestly, yeah. right now. Yeah. But I'm going to get that damn gear. I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. I wish you the best of luck, Thanks. Brittany. May the odds be ever in your favor. Thanks. And that's going to do it for our hands-on segment. And that's going to be the end of the show this week. We are excited to be back. And we will be back next week because we're not breaking our streak now. The pandemic can't stop us. Mm-mm. <laughs> I wish I had something more rallying to say, but that's, that's all you I know, got. Considering the week it's been, I think that was perfect. Honestly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thanks. Much, yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, once again, if you guys want to find out everything that's happening uh, 
with us, what's good underscore games on Twitter. You can find us on our Facebook fan page. I just finished overhauling the Discord. Discord.gg slash what's good games. Nice. So if you want to check that out, lots of cool folks over there. Don't forget, you can support everything we do at patreon.com slash what's good games. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody, or your week, whenever you're listening to this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.